Ten Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to denanywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived. So if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. Hey, welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal Rabinowitz. I'm the founder of Den Meditation. And today I'm talking to Jeroen DeWitt, who is actually the guy who comes in and does our past life regressions for us. He's really interesting. He has studied QHHT under Dolores Cannon. He has done over hundreds of past life regressions. He is from the Netherlands. And this episode gets a little totally woo-woo, and I love it. I mean, we talk about everything from multiple universes to ETs, aliens, how many lives you can have, what death is about, what happens after you die, what it looks like, contracts you sign, can you have more than one soul in your body? I mean, we really get into it. I ask every out there question possible because I really love this stuff. Um, So go along for the ride. Even if this feels far-fetched to you, I would just buckle up and enjoy it and just kind of like open up to listening to it because at least it's fun. And I think above all, again, whether you you like it or not, you're going to really learn that there is, we do have purpose, what love is about and why we should all be kind of acting from a place of love and trying to raise our vibrations. So like I said, buckle up. It's a good one. I am here with Yarun DeWitt. How did I say it? Yarun? Yarun DeWitt. That's good. Yeah. Um, Which is a, he's from the Netherlands. He is the guy who does all of our past life regressions here. You have to come. They're amazing. And I'm so excited to sit here and talk with you because he has studied and under QHHT, which is Dolores Cannon's. Exactly. Yeah. So, and one of the reasons I'm so excited to sit with you is how you came into my life. I read all of her convoluted universe books. So that's mm-hmm. four. And you guys, these are not small books. <laughs> there's five actually. Oh, there's five. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Number well, five came out. We know yeah. what we're, I'm doing this weekend. So, um, it came out afterwards. Yes. She has since passed away. So yeah. that's why I said afterwards. Um, so they are, fairly large books. I devoured them all in seconds. I love it. Um, and it's all about this, you know, woman who through hypnosis, which is, and then past life regression mm-hmm. has touched into all these universes and all these different forms of life beings and has really been able to get some, I hate the word answers, but some answers on to kind of like how all this shit really works. Right. And, um, and it's a, they're fascinating books. And so I was obsessed with them and I was obsessed with Dolores Cannon. And when I was opening up the den way, like when I was really starting to do research, like who can teach there. And I was kind of, I think I told you this running around looking for people. You and I had a one-on-one session when you were doing meditations, just meditation at the Raven. At the Raven. Right. Right. I forgot that. Yeah. And I remember, and it was such a beautiful thing. And I remember we did something with like angel wings. It was a beautiful meditation. You remember. Wow. And then you, right. It was a long time. It was a long time ago. And then you emailed me out of the blue, not knowing me and not knowing I was there 
asking like maybe to come teach here and I was looking at your things and it was all you, you studied under Dolores Cannon and I was like this is amazing and so he's been since then been doing past life regressions at the den obviously he does his own he has his own business but then I went and I did a past life regression with you as well which was incredible which we could chat about but I just love how I had like I literally pulled off a Dolores Cannon book off a shelf randomly and then got obsessed and then I love that you got to study with her especially before she passed because her studies are still alive right through her daughter so Past life regression. I want to talk all about it, but I also want to talk about you. So you're from the Netherlands. Yes. How did you even get over here? I got over here. Um, I had never been to the West Coast until I used to be a dancer. And so I was invited to do a project out here. And um, so I went because I love to travel. And then I came here and I just loved the climate. And um, we were rehearsing and then took an RV into the desert, the Mojave Desert, where we recorded a beautiful dance piece. And... I just fell in love immediately um, with nature, with the desert, with the people here, with the culture. And um, going in the plane back, I just cried and cried and cried. I knew I could never, I could, I was feeling how um, restrictive I'd felt being in the Netherlands for all of my my life. I'd always felt like the odd one out. I didn't really belong to the culture. And um, What does that mean for you? Like, how did you feel odd man out? Well, it's a very, it's a very cerebral, very rational culture, and I am all feelings, and I'm way more expressive than I ever knew I was physically. So the culture is very, um, it gets off on talking and discussing things. It's very, very rich and very structured in its thinking. Um, yeah, very focused in the mental, from my, from my perspective. And but feeling and expressing as an individual in an emotional way or physically is sort of frowned upon. It's Calvinism that's gotten in the culture, and so I felt restricted by that. I didn't. Um, I didn't grow up feeling very uh, like worthy within myself, and so I was very insecure. And um, it wasn't until I came to the stage where I saw, oh my God, this is, this is where my people are. I've always been Californian at heart. Wow. And then there was a whole process of like purging all this. Um, sort of self-doubt and not feeling secure within myself. And how, how, what was that process like for you? What it had been ongoing, I had been in therapy for a long time um, because I just didn't feel at ease with myself and, um, and some losses that I'd had. And so there was therapy, there was, um, I studied at the University of Santa Monica, I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, so, the, so this therapy and so what's happening here, like once you got to this, this was back in California. In, it was back in the Netherlands and also over here. Got it. Yeah, so I had a sort of a spiritual awakening or emergency um, in the late 90s and that's what started the whole path and it wasn't you know rainbows and unicorns it was just hard and grueling it was really tough what was your spirit what was it so i went to landmark forum Mm -hmm. do you know what that is yes i'd actually be curious to talk a little more about it because people have different perspectives on it oh yeah I, I have a very specific perspective. I've heard it. a little culty, but I, I've never been part of it. That's right. what I've heard. So I'd be curious to know. Well, for me, um, it was back in the late 90s. So I did it because I had finally gotten into dance school. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to be living my purpose. I'm going to love this. And then I was in school not liking it. And so I was wondering what was going on. I was always trying to get out of classes and looking at my week schedule, like, which classes can I ditch? Right, right, right. <laughs> and so um, the dean of the school actually suggested that I go to Landmark just to sort of get clear on who, who I was. And so... Um, That's amazing. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah. And um, I thank her for that because I couldn't have been 
I could be. That's amazing guidance. Not, most amazing people guidance. don't get that in that position. Right. Yeah. It should, It'd be I, like, uh, maybe you shouldn't be here. It would be like the most guidance you'd usually get. Yeah, no, it was amazing. You're right. And so I went there, and um, at the end of the course, people were just completely jubilant, and I felt like just a rug had been pulled from underneath me. Um, there were a couple of insights that you're, um, uh, that you're led through. And um, what happened to me, I think, I had a Vedic astrologer. I had some really good langu language for it. He said that when I was born, um, I just shut down my circuitry because it was just too harsh to be here, and that was the right thing to do. And then it came online when I did that landmark forum, and so I started feeling everything that had been suppressed. And um, so I went on a long journey of um, therapy and all kinds of healing, um, just to just to feel well in myself again. And in doing that is actually what started me on this healing path. So. Um, because I found out the empowering, the empowerment that I found through it and the beauty of it, because I found I would work in, um, in groups with other people and I would see everybody's personal healing process just expressed in a very, very unique and very individual way. And it was beautiful to me. And I never knew what was going to happen. We were dealing with past lives or emotional stuff or stuff from childhood, inner child stuff. So it was a beautiful, um, very varied uh, place to learn about healing and to experience it, b both within myself and also see other people go through it. And so this is what really mm, grounded me in the path of, of wanting to do that for others. That's great. Yeah. And then you mentioned that you had a kind of a tough spiritual awakening. It was a landmark form. So how it happened, everybody was jubilant. At the end of it, I felt like the rug had been pulled from underneath me. And it's hard to describe. I just felt... I don't know. I, I I don't know if it was pain or I felt like I was going crazy afterwards. And so I. What do you think caused that? Do you feel like it was just finally feeling or finally opening? It was the shattering of like a very fragile ego structure that wasn't based on who I was, but based on what the world was telling me. Yeah. So I I was I had bought into the the uh, the voice of the world rather than who I was, and that got just cut off. I, I don't quite know how, but that's what happened, looking back at it. And so what was left is that I wasn't there. There was just pain and, um, yeah, just suppressed suppressed feelings I had been expressing. Um, I'd, I'd been checked out for the first part of my life. So I would be um, sort of off in another realm, halfway, while I'm talking to somebody, and I'd be just... Flitting about. Yeah. I wasn't. Really Are you close with your family? I am, yeah. So do they, is it interesting for them to see you now like do you seem like a completely different person than the child who grew up with them i do yeah i mean that must be really interesting yeah i mean there's of course there's a core of me that they know but i'm way more expressive now than i used to be like sometimes i just kind of look at myself expressing and um being my own authenticity more now than i used to be um it looks very very different from my upbringing yeah i was like a little gray mouse yeah and what does authenticity mean to you? Like, what, if you look at yourself now, how do you describe yourself? Um, how do I describe myself? I'm, like I said, I'm way more expressive. I'm, I mean, just in terms of qualities. But how I would describe it is I've embraced more parts of who I, who I know I am. And, and that's what I do in my work as well. I, I try to uh, midwife myself and other people into more authenticity. And um, I do that by helping myself first become aware of the norms or the voices of the world that we might have bought into as a result of not being nurtured in a way that had us believe that we are just good as is. Um, and, um, and to look into your own consciousness and see the parts that you've had to push away. Yeah, all the times that 
you received a no from your parents or from your environment and you took that no to mean something about you as a person instead of just being a no about your behavior. That probably happens all the time. I mean, yes. especially as a child, you don't understand yes. the complexities and the layers of what words can mean. Everything's just very single layered. <laughs> it, it happens all the time. And it's also um, what, is, what has been normal in our culture that we just tell our kid no or... Um, just not allowed them to express their needs or because of our own limitations as parents, because of our own background. It happens all the time. But if you are, if you are a parent who is sensitive to a, you know, a child being a very um, individual expression of source consciousness right. and to be present with that and to let it express in however way, of course you give guidance and um, some boundaries there, but to let it express in a way that it wants to. Um, I've seen some kids of, my par- of some of my friends that are now in the early teens, and they're philosophers, very compassionate people, they're artists. Like they're, it's just be- beautiful to see how a human being can express when they're being supported in their sense of uh, uniqueness and their sense of self-worth. Yeah. To you, now let's kind of tie this into past lives a little bit. So in the world of, and I want to chat about it, like people being able to, you choose kind of like your lifetime. Like what do you think for you it was meant to have to go into that structure and this evolvement that you've gone through. Um, in terms of like what I chose, you mean, or purpose? Yeah. yeah. Like, why do you think that was, and we can talk about this bigger structure, like yeah. the element of one of the things I remember taking away from the books is this idea of that you choose your lifetime. Right. You choose it, you choose, you know how you're going to leave it before you even enter it. Right. You know the whole contract, you know why you're doing it. Um, for good or for bad, whether you're trying to learn something big, whether you're going back to do something different, whether it's just for fun, this like whatever it is, you're choosing it. Right. What do you think, like, kind of now, especially with all the work you do for right. you, like when you look at your own lifetime, how does that help you reflect on it? So, yeah, so what I see in my work, what I've seen in my life, and with the people that I work with, so I can't say it's for everybody, but what I see over and over and over is that we choose lifetimes where we first um, experience contrast and... Um, not being aligned with who we, sh- we truly are. We experience abuse or just neglect, um, harsh situations, and there's lots of them, um, to feel the, con- the contrast, of to, to know what it's not like not to be aligned with your true nature, your true essence, um, and also to, to learn compassion. That's uh, what I hear a lot. And so going through that and then finding that way back into yourself, um, everybody does it in their very own way. So there's nobody else that is like you. We're all different expressions of the same thing. You know, you are the point the universe is trying to make. I'm the point the universe is trying to make. We're all very, very specific expressions. Um, So we're all supposed to be here in our own expression and not conform to anything else. Um, So when you go through a a journey of um, self-actualization or finding your own authenticity, you carry that medicine. Um, And it's very, very unique and very specific to you, and you can help others with it. And so that's what I see happening over and over and over again. This is my path, but also in other people, and that's why I support them in. Um, We're all going to... We're all turning our shit into fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and talk about a little bit of what it means, like, from kind of, like, the metaphysics of it all. It's like being energy beings and like how many lifetimes do people live? I don't, I don't know. That is because, yeah, I encounter this a lot that we want to approach the subject with our linear human mind. We want to know how much and when and where and how it all fits into neatly organized categories, but it just doesn't work that way. Let's talk about it too, just labels in general. Like if you were looking at this as, 
I mean, how could you just des- how would you describe kind of the universe in general? Energy, like all energy, um, light source. How, like, how would you like? What's your a word? Like, I w- I would use the creator or source or universe for it. And then there's different uh, dimensions of existence. That's my best description of it. And different dimensions of existence and yeah. energy that goes ah, it's limitless. Yeah, I think so. Limitless and endless. Yeah. So then the idea of like labels, which we do, which I was just asking you questions like you were saying, is yeah. kind of... Oh, we need them. We need them to be in this world of form and shape. We need to have labels for, you know, so I can distinguish between that pillow and, and tell right there. Right. Yeah. But do we? Do you think the labels end up being what kind of limits are... Does that make what it's difficult for humans to then have the bigger scope of the idea of what's happening, be able to connect in a bigger way because of these labels? Things are good, things are bad, things are negative, things are positive. You're a boy, I'm a girl. Like, do these labels end up kind of constricting us in a way that if you're really looking at what all the energy is about, there's no, it's like endless and limitless and moving. And just like you said, I can't answer, is it this or that? It's free-flowing in some ways. I mean, I, I think that's there, but also we need the labels. I think if we were to come in with no labels, and it would, it would just go bonkers. Right. You know, it'd just be like, it'd be too much all at once. I think they're very helpful. Um, sort of like little stepping stones to go through to expand your mind. Yep. Dolores used to speak about this a lot. Whenever you open her book, the first page usually it says, like, through this work, my mind has been expanded so much. Right. Because you know, every time she would be confronted with different concepts, that would just stretch her mind a little bit more. And what, like, what have you, what have you learned the most from working with past lives? Um, that there is no set uh, structure to it. Like, you can think, oh, we're all here. We've, everybody who's here has had lots of lifetimes on the planet. That's not true. Some people, especially the younger generation, can come straight from source or from different councils or different star beings. That's all possible. And some of us, we don't have a lot of physical life or we just came straight from source. So let's talk about why are some people coming straight from source now? Why does that feel different than it possibly could have in the past? Why is it, why is it different now? Than, yeah. Okay, so um, so we seem to be going th- through a spiritual awakening. And um, the story that I've heard over and over through my clients, but also um, it's been corroborated through my colleagues in different places. On and when he says through his clients, just so you guys know, like if he's doing past life regressions and someone's tapping into a different lifetime that they've lived, they're giving information. So that's what he means when he says through his clients, he's learning information from the source or from their past lifetimes, things people can download and share, right? I just Thank want to, yes. yeah, Thank I just want so people know. Go ahead. Yeah. So it seems that um, <clears throat> back in 1940, I, I just had a client just last week, actually, it's, it's a nice story to um, illustrate this with. She was in source with her current husband right now and they heard a sound. And so she was in that space when I had her in hypnosis. She's, there's a sound here. And so what is that sound? She goes, oh, it's the, it's a nuclear bomb going off on the planet. And so why, why do you hear that in your space? Like, why is that a thing? And she said, because, um, apparently nuclear explosions, it has not just a physical effect, but it ripples through the dimensions. And it was worrisome because of the access that human beings would have through different dimensions, not knowing not knowing about it, but being able to destroy more than just a physical. And so what was decided um, is that galactic beings would be incarnate on the planet to raise the frequency of, of humanity. Because the Earth at the time was just um, on a slow ascension path, but when the bomb was dropped, she apparently realized, my, my kids are gonna kill me. <laughs> you know, the kids <laughs> found the matches, <laughs> they're gonna burn the place down. Um, and so what was decided through different, um, different galactic 
groups, I suppose, um, that they would incarnate onto the planet to raise the frequency on the planet. So all of us in this room and also a lot of people born after 1945 are part of the, um, the volunteers that have come to the planet to help raise the frequency. And I mean, that's such an interesting thing to talk about. So for people who this might be like, what the fuck are they talking about? It's There is a lot of talk like in this world of, especially right now and like the next 10 years, it's really important to raise your frequency because um, the energy level is shifting and the right. earth is shifting and there's talk like, look, if you do do this stuff and you kind of dive into the world of like past lives and other uni universes, other planets, other civilizations, it has been said, and please jump in because you know way more than I do, that there's been many civilizations on this earth that get wiped out, not just the ones we're talking about. It's like Atlantis actually was right. and then they've ruined themselves by becoming too destructive right. and kind of like losing, like you said, their path. Like, and all of a sudden the earth is like, oh, you guys are going to kill me. Right. Um, so something big happens to kind of wipe it out and then it, we all start over again. Right. And there's been talk that we're kind of getting to that precipice, and reset, to that point right. again of a reset. Yeah. And it's really important for people to be raising their vibrations, which if you kind of look at what's happening around the world and finally like meditation is really becoming more mainstream. It existed, but it's becoming more mainstream. People are all of a sudden like health and wellness is becoming more, it is catching on. So it weirdly is matching with what a lot of these texts say, mm. um, that people are doing. Um, and they do say like some will ascend and keep going with the earth in one kind of dimension. And then the earth will kind of disappear in another. Right. Correct. Like, That's so I know I, this is all woo woo and weird. So the point of me. what this he, is, this is my normal. Yeah, yeah. 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 Me too. So the point, <laughs> what he's saying is with these galactic beings that are kind of talking, it's like, it's their way of like kind of giving a saving grace right. to the earth for like, just to put it in like normal words, like where these beings can come down and incarnate and help raise the frequency and the vibrations because they are already so highly, at that position and they're already vibrating at a much higher frequency so they can help not only influence and teach but also just with their own vibrations hopefully raise people up and so that's there which is why I was kind of asking about the kids and that which you're answering is a lot of kids are now being brought to the earth and they call them like indigo children exactly right and they're really meant to just raise a vibration. And you see it. Like a lot of these babies you meet, their eyes are wide open from the beginning. They're like, they're ready to like rock and roll. Right. <laughs> yeah, you see them self-express and not gender conform. They don't take on all the, the limiting messages that have been around for so long. But it is really interesting. It's so interesting, which is why I love to talk about, that's why I was kind of talking about the labels of good and bad. And when you kind of start looking at the world and universe, and by the way, just go along for the ride, whether this is something you subscribe to or not, it's fun to at least go along for the ride. And at least for this episode, just think about it. If you really do start thinking about energy that way and the universe that way and how large it all is and how it's, it's, it's constantly going, I think it does put into perspective kind of your own journey and what is happening. So for you, did you feel that when you really started studying this stuff, and I know you were going through your own stuff, like you intimated like there was some loss. Did it help put into perspective and make you under, I mean, understanding is such a common word, but like, did it help you understand what you were going through in a different way? Uh, not until later. First, I was just really concerned with just clearing the emotional debris from, debris from myself just to feel better. And so later on, not until a couple of years back, I realized that it was very, very purposeful and um, that it had helped me to become more empowered and more... Um, Anchored within my own authenticity. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. And I, yeah, I just mean sometimes like you realize when these, again, a label, bad things happen to us in lifetime. And none of us escape it because we're right. all here to have a journey right. for whatever that is. 
um, when bad things happen, I think it's helpful sometimes to realize, oh, this is actually exactly why I'm here. Honestly, I'm here. Mean, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, I am here to experience this as painful as it is, as right. sad as it is to have that loss, or as awful as it is that that happened to me, or I can't believe I'm inflicted with it, whatever it is for each of us. Right. I think when you, because I feel like Dolores said somewhere also too about, I mean, just the body and disease and how energy affects all that, but also how you do choose certain lifetimes. Certainly, yeah. So, um, okay, I lost my thread of thought. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to comment on what you were saying. So, yeah, so when I go through hard times, then, um, you know, of course I do think, okay, this must be for a purpose. There must be something to it. I don't know what it is right now, but it doesn't, you know, give me a waiver to not feel. You know, I still go through it. But there is uh, an awareness about, you know, about it being some kind of having some kind of purpose, so um, we all, we choose our own vehicles for empowerment, and that that's a nice word for our challenges. So it can be, you know, being um, you know anything that doesn't subscribe to what the standard is now in our society. So we're all supposed to be uh, male, masculine, straight, white, Christian, and probably Republican right now. <laughs> it's the standard in the United States. Yep. <laughs> and so if you haven't been nurtured to believe that who you are and all of your expression is good as is, then you're gonna, if you're in part of that society, you're gonna look at yourself with um, unkindness because you perceive yourself as not belonging to or not being part of. And also the structures in society do um, enforce that, you know, because it's organized for the people that, that um, fit the norm, yeah. How, so let's talk about even like, let's talk about a little bit, okay, what happens after death? Like in this, in the things you've learned from studying this and past lives and looking at the universe in this regard, right. what would you say happens after death for people? Um, so we just seem to just take our bodies off just like you would um, ditch a coat or something. And um, people sometimes float around for a little bit and they hang out at their funeral and then, um, sorry, I'm moving about a bit. <laughs> no worries. Um, and then um, they usually find a light. There's a beautiful light that they're being pulled into. And there might be loved ones there that are welcoming people. There might be guardian angels or spirit guides. And then there's different options. People can either just hang out and rest. That does happen if you've had a hard life to just recuperate a little bit. Um, and then there's different places you can go to learn certain things, depending on what you want to do next. There's like angel school or being a spirit guide. You can do that. Um, and then there can be a life review and you can choose to go back to earth or to a different place. Um, and, and, and so you get your soul group together and you figure out what you want to do next. And talk about soul groups. Right. So from my perspective, it seems to be the people that we travel with. So the people that you're in a family with right now or that are close friends or loved ones, um, you seem to travel with them. So you just, after you've done a life, you get back together and you say, wow, that was an interesting life. Um, you know, you were a very hard partner to me, and thank you for that, for learning, for teaching me those lessons. Let's flip the script and do something completely opposite. Um, like a lot of people come in, you might have been, you know, parent and child in one lifetime, and then the next one, your lovers or friends or student teacher. There's, you know, the different different ways that we relate to each other. I love what you just said because again. I keep trying to bring this to like perspective to help people like when you're going through shit, but like you just said, Hey, thank you. Your husband and wife, let's say it was a really rocky road, probably some gnarly things you were intimating happen. And you're basically saying, Oh my God, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much exactly. for right. those lessons. Right. I mean, it's like, there's so much love in what you were saying. Yes. And I think again, if there's a way 
of knowing that and bring if if the more we can be open to the, these energies and 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 the world working that way, the more I think while we're presently earthly beings, which is a hard road, it's not easy. We yes. feel a lot, we go through right. a lot. We're emotional, and that's kind of the point. That's why people come here to work their shit out. Right. It's like the more you can kind of remember this person who's driving you crazy right now or upsetting you, like, is also there's a way to look at them with love too. Because the more we can then do that, the easier all the situations become. Now, by the way, I'm not saying lay down backwards and let someone treat you like shit. That is not what I'm no, no, saying. No. <laughs> and I know someone will interpret it's it that about, way. It's about learning to not to do that. You know, it's to find your self worth and your empowerment through that. Yes, know? and to find and love. And I remember somewhere else. I remember reading in these texts too about how light which kind of makes up all of this because it's the molecules and the energy so whether it be the light that our beings are or source energy or um the molecules that are literally in our bodies or if you want to go back to the atlanta state like the lights of the crystals which we still have that they were amazing at using crystals to Mm -hmm. like take care of everything and i think we're starting to really recultivate that kind of industry and remember that knowledge that's a perfect way to say it um but it's like, that's also love. Like, love and the light equal each other. So it's like the more we can start living every day, and that goes back to what we were just talking about, how do we raise our vibrations as a human race right. on Earth so that we can save the planet. Um, it's like it all is, is knowing that every single one of us is made up of these light molecules mm. that we each share, right? that are all part of all of us. And I think Marion Williamson was saying, it's like a spoke of a wheel where we all come from the same source. The middle of the wheel is really all of us. Nice. And even though we feel like spokes because we're different humans, but it all is from the same, same source, right. that there'd be a different way of kind of approaching our day to day. Right. I, I agree. Yeah. But it is really, I mean, amazing. That's why I kind of wanted to ask, like, what else happens up there? So is there ever a chance when you're up there as a soul... And these might be questions you might be like, I don't know, but I'm asking anyway, um, that someone, some soul can, like, that they're done. And I don't know what done means, like, that they don't have to come back to earth and keep learning. Like, is there a moment of ascending to a different there seems to be, place yeah. in I'm, time? I'm, or There seems to be. I'm not quite sure what the criteria are, um, but there seems to be a, a moment where people can decide to be done with it. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure if that's... Um, you know, you're deciding for yourself or it's done with other souls together or with your guides, but there seems to be a moment where that's that's done. I don't know when that is. Um, yeah, or, or what the, yeah, like I said, what the criteria are, but that, that seems to be possible. What was the most interesting past life you listened to? Oof. So I do so many now, so they all kind of run into a I know, blur. sure. Yeah, and so they can be very mundane and very sort of out there but the out there now is normal for me so I just don't really retain them let's see are there any that you remember just getting information for yourself that you're like wow that was like mind-bending I just learned something there have been many I mean I like the ones that are about human origins I'm, I'm fascinated by our history I'm always on Wikipedia looking at the spread of the genes and also the development of language and how they overlap or not um because I, I want to find out what our oranges, because there's so much about our oranges that I think that we don't know about. That I agree. We, that we're finding out about you know, through the sessions as well. And so whenever I have sessions with, like, they call them demigods or gods from different planets and how they, uh, like, bred with human beings um, and genetic uh, upgrades that we've had. Um, so whenever there's sessions about that, I'm really, you know, front row seating. I'm really interested. That's that, Those are my favorite ones. So let's talk about that. Aliens. I love it. I love it. I love it. People probably don't know this about me. I am so, like, I love all this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, like, I really do. But, um, I mean, I love that idea, too, so that there has been commingling. 
of different races, alien races, right. and and I guess humans. So, and by the way, but that goes back so long. So, so long, I mean, yeah. we all could have parts of everything in us. So it's not this like. So a lot of these times when you hear these alien sightings or UFOs or I was kidnapped, do you believe it? Oh yeah. And by the kidnapping, what do you feel like is really happening? So through Dolores' work and what I've found um, is that it's just our people checking in with us. That we're, we're, we decided to go into the planet and to check back in with our people at certain times where they check our implants and make sure. And, you know, with implants, I mean, like, the, the things that they've put inside of us to be able to track us, to know where we are so they can check in on us. And, um, and I'm not saying that all of them are good, but the ones that I've heard about... Um, so it's, it's just our people, our, our star family that is checking in with us to see, because we're here with a specific mission, and so they want to make sure that we're still you know, steady as she goes. Right, and that star family, a lot of them have information that they're trying to impart, right? Correct? Yes. And help us yes. in, in a sense. Yeah. It's so funny. I had an interesting experience after like a really deep meditation, like crazy, and I remember lying down, like just kind of like letting everything download and incorporate, and there was this weird... I mean, I guess alien, I don't know how else to say it. Extra, I guess ETs are probably the more proper way of saying it. Um, it was like this red being that almost kind of looked like if you were, um, if your skin was scarred and still wet with the scar, do you know what I mean? So it's like white and red kind of mixed. Right. Um, like the flesh and the, and it was very thin legs, like really thin, long legs with like knobbly knees and like long thing, big belly, like huge belly, really thin, long arms. And like, I can't fully remember the head so much, but like a, uh, like a regular head, big eyes. And it was like leaning over me and kind of like going up and down me, like with its, like just like sussing me out a little right. bit. And I remember being so out of it and I couldn't believe, I was like, this is so That's crazy. Right. And I remember being like, all right, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to assume this is good. I'm mm. just going to assume it's good. And it was fine. Like nothing happened. It was really Interesting, and then it was probably like I have no clue minutes or who knows what time is at that point. It eventually went away, or I moved on to like something else in my head. But it was so real, right? And it was after this, this meta, and I was always like, oh my god, that's so bizarre. And plus, I've never seen like a red. Like it wasn't like I was putting something in my mind that I've already kind of been playing around with right. for fun. It just came. It just came. Right. So that's to me, it's normal. You know, we've been conditioned to believe that we're just these bags of skin and bones for the past millennia, but we're multidimensional beings. And so we check into those. We exist on those different dimensions. And so when we meditate, we check in with them. It's like cranking up your little periscope and say, hello, I'm here. Right. You know, so you can just... Which I love. Like, I love that part of it. Like, the beauty of if you can reach a certain vibration, you can start seeing what else exists at that vibration. Yeah. And again, that's like the quantum physics of all of this versus just singular plane. Right. How... Um, so let's talk about that. This, let's get really weird for All a right. second. Because <laughs> this is where my my brain bends and I have trouble kind of like trying to figure it out. Sure. So the butterfly effect or mm. let's say different, un like can, can there be multiple versions of us happening at the same time? Like if what they're saying here, like is the energy means everything, your choices really shift the scope of how things are made. Can things be playing out by just the energy you're putting out somewhere else? Is that's that really what, out there or weird? That's what I hear. Yeah, that every choice that we make is sort of like a fractal splitting off and it gets played out somewhere else. Right. That, that's what I hear. I mean, I that's not something that I concern my mind with every day because it's just like, it would just stop No, it's mind-numbing. It's I like know, your it's brain like, what, starts like... <laughs> what am I deciding right now? What's happening? You know, what am I thinking about? So, yeah, I don't want to do that. So, um, But yeah, I've heard that. 
because I do, like, I even, when I was meditating today, I remember thinking, and this used to happen to me as a kid. I used to think all the time as a kid, like, really young about, like, the concept of infinity. I've talked about it on here before, how the concept of infinity, like, freaks me out, especially as a child. I mean, that's, it's a big me concept. Me too. Infinity, I, your mind just goes, like, cannot compute. So yeah. even today, like, in meditation, like, I was having a moment and I was actually thinking about it. And I was like, oh, it's so interesting how, like, where I look at the world differently and you know, still what comes first, like the chicken or the egg and blah, blah, blah. And you still go back to source and gotten, even if let's go along this track, you believe in like a God or an energy or a source, whatever you want to call it. It's always like, but when, how? And I know those are the labels and those are things, but your brain, like, it's really fascinating when everything starts colliding. You're like, ah, and you right. just try and think about the concept itself. Right. And it's a little, which is why I guess why mathematicians exist, because you have to like try and quantify everything because it's a freaky feeling That's when you can't quantify feeling. Exactly. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it is really fascinating. So, so the interesting thing of what we're talking about, which I like, and we'll go back a little bit, not as crazy as the butterfly effect, but um, life and death. So they're like benchmarkers in some ways then. Like it's, it, to us, they feel like everything. Like in this feel, and where we are right now, it feels like you're born and then you're, everything starts. And then when you die, it's all over and it's horrible because you've left and it's off, whatever, you know, I'm putting. But really, if you're looking at it and how you're saying from listening to people's past lives and getting information, they're just little dots, the 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 birth and the death are just little blips on the radar of a much bigger lifespan. Right. So what it looks like from my perspective is that we as a soul, we just decide to split off in different experiences. And um, um, on the level of the soul, apparently there's no time. And so it all seems to be happening right now. So it's almost like you're a sort of a more or less individuated part of creator of source and you decide to express in different ways to learn different things, to expand. Um, and so you do that and then you that's done and then you do something else or you all do it at the same time. Well, I was going to say, are you saying then that like when someone's recalling a past life, that could be actually happening at the same moment? Yes. Yeah. So past life, future lives, parallel lives, um, lives in different dimensions seems to be all happening right now. It doesn't make sense to us and or to me, you know, being a human being on, on the planet. Um, like how that works, it just makes my mind just go turn into goop. But, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what that's what I hear over and over through my sessions that it's that's how it is that's cr that's cr that's my I know. Like, is your mind melting right now yeah i love yeah. it though i mean i this think is i see some steam coming from my i know no, no, no. Yeah. this is the stuff i love um when so again in this world of energy can people come back as or have people been can you be a blade of grass can you be yes. yeah so there's one yeah known story about a client of Dolores who was like an ear of corn. She describes that. I've had people being... How, so how did she describe that? I, I can't remember the specific, but just a client that was an ear of corn. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had clients be like a boulder wedged in between two rocks as a lifetime or a tree. Uh, it's in a group session, actually. Now, a boulder wedged between two rocks seems insane because when does that lifetime... Like, how is there a beginning and end to that? Like, What it sounded like is people just... Oh, people, like consciousness just moved in as a way to experience, to learn a certain thing. I mean, not a whole lot happened. No, I was going to say, yeah. it, you're probably learning patience. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or like, you know, very slow or passing of time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah patience. patience or right. feeling maybe stifled or, yeah, I guess right. there's a lot to learn from that. I forgot the specifics of it, but I remember them having that lifetime. And then when it was done, they decided to just pull themselves out, you know. So you can do that or being like... So, okay, so that, sorry, I'm, this is going to be a mind-bending question on that regard. Can people do that with human bodies? Is there ever, 
the chance where, let's say me, me who you're looking at now, has actually had two different, maybe more souls or consciousness, conscious, sorry, con- consciousnesses. How do I say that plural? So consciousness, consciousnesses. Or, it sounds or weird. Souls. Yeah. Souls. Let's go with souls. That's right. just a prettier sound right now. Like, could I have had? Could I be having or have had multiple souls? Like, yes. can people jump in and out of bodies yes. that way too? It's possible. Now, is that? N- no, it's not normal. That's not normal, but yeah. it's possible. Yeah. And like, are there? In your studies, are there random things that would make that happen? Like, are there like random occur? Would it be does something big have to happen for that to really occur? Could it be something really mundane? Yeah, I, I'm just trying to remember because I had a client not too long ago who described that how she was she was actually the soul coming in to be with somebody else for a specific purpose, and so it is all sort of contractual. It's not you're not being invaded against your will. It's it's all agreed upon before. Um, but yeah, that does happen. Or like a walk-in, like where there's in a group session as well where a client find her, found herself in a spaceship and in an alien body and, and then she saw herself going like down a chute or a portal and she entered this body of a six-year-old girl and that is who she is today. And so what can happen is you can have two souls in one body for a period of time, for a part of the lifetime or for the whole lifetime or one leaves and the other one comes in. Like one that leaves said, I'm done with this. This is not what I expected. I'm going to abort mission. And then they don't want to waste a body and just have somebody else come in. So let's talk about that too, of stories of... Uh, look, I would imagine for some people coming in into a human body is a rough transition. Yes. So like, are there... You hear different things depending on what you believe of how, like when a soul actually enters, like the body, whether it's 120 days in the womb, whether it's when they're actually physically born, whether it's even after they're born. I've heard so many different versions. Right. What What have you encountered? And again, you're hearing your. It's varied. There's clients. no There's no rule to it. Some souls just come in to experience it just to be aborted, to just feel know what that feels like, to have that experience, and to have the mother go through a certain learning experience. So they will come in for a little bit, um, but other souls that, you know, if the pregnancy is to full term, they check in every now and then. I don't know if you or like some of my female friends, they've had experiences where they dreamt or had visions of their children just checking in. Uh, they could feel when they would come in and then leave again. We it's actually like, adopted, so that was fascinating for me to not be able um, to have that. I was okay. like, but no, but it's 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 fascinating. Right. So th- there's no there's no what you call it rule of thumb. There's yep. no like 120 days and the soul's in. You know, no leaving. No, that's not from my perspective. It's not. There's no set trajectory for that. It's just whatever you as a soul decide you want to experience. Is there another like civilization or planet or universe that comes up a lot in your readings? Um, let's see. Uh, I just it's so hard for me to remember sessions now. Um, but I've been working with beings from Venus. Um, it's a different dimension. It's not three you know, D, but Venus has been coming up lately. But also Pleiadians and Andromedans, Arcturians. Um, what else? And then it's it's a pink world. I don't know the name of it, but pink energy that comes in a, c- a couple times. Um, and then blue blue avians, like blue bird-like creatures that have some kind of connection to Egypt as well. Really? Yeah. And you like feel like you've heard that a lot recently. Yeah, a couple sessions. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. 
Do you feel like there's any messages coming through with that or something that we're supposed to understand or know? Not nothing more specific than that we are multidimensional creatures that you know we speak about aliens and all these being like they're different from us but we are it we are their emissaries on the planet and why earth why earth um what i hear that earth is special because there's free will here so you can choose to have free will expressed as you know what ego wants to do or you can go um, the path of source. That's the difference. In other places or dimension, it's more uh, curtailed in that way. <clears throat> um, and there's such a variety of experiences available here. Like lots of other planets are kind of um, boring from our perspective. You know, there might be like a monochrome color or everybody kind of looks the same. Or, yeah, I always... This is a little funny little sidebar here. <laughs> you know, I have a cat. I love cats. So sometimes when I'm exploring a different planet with somebody and they describe, like, oh, there's vegetation here. Okay, good. Like, what about animals? You have animals. And they go, yeah, there's some animals. What about cats? You have cats on your planet. <laughs> and they go, no. I was like, your planet sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it seems to be very, very varied here. The, 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 the possibility of experiencing different things seems to be enormous. Yeah. And, again, everything being created from source, which is also yes. us. So like humans have had the ability to create other creatures in some ways or what do you mean? I don't know. Like I'm asking like if, if we're source, like source is source and then we're part of source, have humans or civilizations had the ability to create, like who creates the animals, who creates the landscape, who, you know what I mean? Are, can humans also have part of that or no, it's only from, a different energy source. Well, if you're talking just 3D, like how we design a landscape, how we build bridges and dams and, you know. I'm talking more actually like like animals as they evolve. Like who, right. who, like how did that start? I mean, I'm getting like really weird. Like how did all this <laughs> fucking shit start? <laughs> so it seems to be that life is governed by some like um, councils, different yep. levels of councils and that decisions are made about, you know, about evolutions, like which way are we going to further this creature are we going to just start it and just pull out and see where it goes? That happens, like a petri dish experiment. Yeah. But some creatures or some some certain developments are governed, and um, like human beings, they've been we've been watched, and and our evolution has been helped apparently. So, like when we put on put in structure, like let's say churches, um, politics, governing. Again, I agree with you, like what you were saying about labels up top, like we need labels, otherwise it's kind of chaos. And it's an interesting thing when you kind of like read up on this stuff. I think what comes across a lot is like, yes, we're a free will and that's what we have to learn and we're all one and we shouldn't actually have these labels and we should accept and we shouldn't be trying to like, in some ways it's like we need to get rid of all that stuff, but then how how does it function with that? Like you said, how does chaos not ensue? Well, I, you know, I, I don't like talking about, like about shoulds in, in respect of labels because they're helpful. They're helpful to make us feel safe and to know what's going, to have some sense of security and to know what's going on. But um, everybody has their own pace in um, like moving into a larger, pl to stretching their mind. So it's, it's like a, they're stepping stones. They're, they're structures that we can use to expand. That's how I see it. Now, when you talk about everyone has their own pace and their own stepping stones, and you're basically saying in your learning process of why you're here in this lifetime, are the different paces specific? Like, is it for different levels of where you are or is it random? I don't know. 
I don't know. I th- like for me, for the longest time, I judged myself as being on a very slow path. You know, I was wondering <laughs> <laughs> why everybody else was having a career or, you know, a solid relationship or um, was seemed to be getting things that I was just not getting. And so um, it wasn't until much later that for me that it dawned on me that I, um, I'm just, um, you know, I'm different from everybody else, as you are, as everybody else yeah. is. And I just have my own very specific circuitry in this existence and I need to have different experiences and um, and our you know our society doesn't support people that have more of a, a multi-dimensional experience it's not designed to, there's no narrative for it it's not a normal thing in our culture so for right. those people that for, for the people that have their personality grounded in the more spiritual aspects of existence it can be a, a more difficult road than say somebody who's just happy with their family and they're going straight into a job as an accountant and they love it and that's what they're live about just getting food on the table being with family and that's it so that's easier usually um, or easier it's just quicker you know they they follow the path that is more accepted and so people like like us that have different experiences we kind of have to um, pave our own way yeah how yeah I mean that actually makes a lot of sense do you do past life regression yourself? Like who oh, does yeah. it? Who does it? Do you do it? How do you do it? Who does it for I you? I just get a colleague to come in and do it. Yeah. And has it been fascinating for you? Yeah. Yeah. Many different, many different things. What would you say to people to expect if they wanted to do a past life regression? Expect nothing. Yeah. Or just leave your expectations at the door. Um, the process is very, very different for everybody. I can't say, I never know what's going to happen. Like my today's client, I don't know what's going to express, what's going to come in and what way she's going to experience it. I don't know. So some people have very mundane past lives where they're just like, you know, a farm person in a very small town in medieval times and they're just going through weddings and births and deaths and that's it. Um, other people might have very expanded experiences where they find themselves to be alien beings or consciousness governing the birth of a planet or, <laughs> you know, are, are creating atmosphere or dealing with the, um, the mineral kingdom or animals um, or being in a spaceship and going exploring different planets or taking samples and then taking them to other planets for specific purposes. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. So... What to expect is that you're going to have an experience with your higher self. That's really what the session does. It creates a stronger opening to your higher self. We call it the subconscious. And um, it's going to inform your life in a way that's going to be helpful for you. And it, it, it happens in a way that's not for the conscious mind to figure out. It's more like it percolates through your system and um, flushes things out that are no longer needed and just giving you a little upgrade. And so how does it help you? Like when, after, when a session is done, right. what can someone expect? It, it varies, yeah. For some people, the healing happens on very subtle levels, and so they might not notice very much at first, and it's not until maybe years later that they might find out. It's like, oh my God, this is what that was. Um, and for some people, it's very immediate and very tangible. Like, um, I just today was talking to a client. She said that sh- things shifted immediately. It can be very um, physical things, like job or a relationship. Things shift in the, in the positive. Um, good things happen, or... Physical issues might clear, um, or people just might feel like a stronger connection to who they are. They might have come home more to themselves. One of the things you said to me before we had a session, which I loved, because my brain doesn't stop working ever. And I remember I said to you, I'm like, yeah, I'm not so sure how great this is going to go, because 
I will start thinking too much and not let the process actually happen. And then you feel like you're bullshitting and creating your own past lives. And you're not alone in that. A lot of people have that. I'm sure. And also like I'm a creative human, so I can really start creating whatever I need. Like, so I actually don't trust what's happening. Is it me or is it, and you said something which really helped me with it. You said, but it doesn't matter. Like, let it go. Just whatever the first thing is that pops in your mind, no matter what it is, just say it because chances are, and you said whether it's real or not real, the fact that that's what's popping in your mind is exactly what you need to know. Exactly. And that was like, oh. And so I remember constantly doing that, just being like, whatever the first thing that popped in my mind, whether I was making it up, quote unquote, like who knows, or it was being downloaded to me, was helpful because I was like, oh, there's actually something to it. So even if it is, what? why am I making that up too? So it's like, then that's the message I need anyway, whether I really existed in whatever I was making up or... If I'm making it up, there's a reason I'm making it up. And I need to know that I still need to know about it. Right. And it's also our conscious mind that wants to have us know, that wants to think that the images are just, that's all there is to it to this session. But there's other stuff that happens behind, um, past what the conscious mind has access to. So it's just to stay in that space. It's the right side of the brain that we access. And we do that by focusing on images, experiences, feelings, hunches, senses, um, intuition um, that keeps us there. And that in itself is just healing because you're connecting to your higher self. The left side of the brain is always trying to figure things out and analyzing that part that you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. And so to just be with the images, to just go back there, that's just healing in itself. And to be in that space for a good hour and a half or even two hours, um, it seems it's almost like you're in a pressure cooker. Like other <laughs> things are just, you know, boiling to the surface that you might even not have any knowledge of that are just being cleared. So let's do your for you's quick questions, four questions that are quick takeaways for the audience. Um, Who's your inspirational teacher? Right now, there's this girl on Instagram. Her name is Amber Wagner. Do you know who she is? Mm -mm. She she's just very, very colorful, bold black woman um, who's expressing you know, she's always got crazy acrylic nails and she does like little <laughs> things where she talks with her hand. You just see her hand talking and she has this beautiful energy of just encouragement. And um, I just love how she expresses because she, like we spoke about the norm here in the United States. She just, she's very authentic. And that was, that's what really, um, that's what, what I like about her. Like I can, I can feel how she expresses authentically. Her body is not skinny. Like she is a big woman and she just, she doesn't care. She's like, this is who I am. And, um, the way she dresses is very, very colorful. Uh, she's very bold and colorful, and I, I like that. It's very authentic. And then um, another spiritual teacher that I like a lot is Michael Beckwith. I, yeah, I go to Agapa sometimes. Great. Um, what's the type of meditation that you rely on the most? So I, I work with dragons as well. I do a dragon meditation, and that's what I rely on the most because um, doing the sort of energy work that I do with people, it's almost like... I call them in, and it's like a tweak of my own circuitry, of my energy, um, what do you call it, uh, my, like my aura, my energy field. And it helps me to stay grounded within myself and to be of service and to not absorb too much of other people's stuff. That's I mean, that I'm, is so hard. I'm always amazed with teachers or guides because you are, you're surrounding yourself with other people's energy. I mean, we all are around it, but you're really taking it on and you have to have, you have to have skills to be able to like, Yes. otherwise you'd be drained constantly. Yes. And it's not, it's not a, it doesn't always happen the way it's supposed to happen, but it gives me some level of protection. That's great. What's your current obsession? Los Angeles National Forest. Hmm. I don't know if we talked about that, but I go there all the time. I just drive up to national, what do you call it? The Crest Highway, whatever it's called. And I park my car and go off the road a little bit, be with the trees and just look at the views. It's just lovely being out of the city 
and not feeling that buzz, the electrical buzz that's so present here. So like I just did it yesterday. Um, How okay. long did it take you to get there? Um, like about 45 minutes. Yeah, so yeah. we can do this, guys. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I live in a valley now, and so it's a little bit tougher than where I used to live before. But there's still the Hollywood Hills, like Franklin Canyon is a, is a good place to go for a, a quick pick-me-up. But Angeles National Forest is so close for me. Have you always felt like you need to be in, like, nature for you? Is that, like, a go-to for you? or yes. is it? yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to go to New York last week to visit some family members, and I just canceled the whole thing last minute because of my foot. I broke my foot. So, and um, but how did you break your foot? I was working with a client and <laughs> sitting in my chair with my legs folded underneath me, and so they'd fallen asleep. When I got up to use the restroom, oh, no. I stepped on my foot and just folded underneath me. Yeah. Wait, that's actually like a good warning for people, because <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Sometimes, if I'm meditating, my foot can fall asleep if I'm there for a long time. Well, you got to be careful. Yeah, And when we're talking about like why things happen, I checked in on it. And it happened because I, in this work, I'm usually like up in the, like the ethers. Um, and so it was a call for my body to pay attention, to be with my body, to be with my senses, to engage my senses, to, to smell, see, touch, to do things that are just joyful. To be more present, like yeah. on the ground. Right. What's your favorite self-care hack? It is a practice called joy for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I found through my own process and working with people is that our natural state is joy and so when we have access to all of ourselves when we have embraced all these parts that we have uh, maybe learned to disregard um, it's a joyful place to be because we get to express fully who we are and um, we don't have, when we have access to ourselves we don't have to listen to the voices of the world we can just be within our own expression that is joyful because then you'll feel what it is that you want to do and so joy for fuck's sake means joy with no other agenda just to feel good. So not the, thing, not the joy that you feel when you check off a thing on your to-do list or when you get any praise or acknowledgement for something. I'm talking about the joy that you felt as a kid just barreling down like a, a steep hill on your bicycle, just <laughs> feeling the wind in your face, like, woo, you know. Yeah. And your joy might look differently today as an adult, but... Um, yeah, to take yourself in place into joy because what you're really doing is you're telling you you're taking your heart into the world. You're telling these these parts of yourself that you've um, learned to disregard. Like, no, it's okay. We're gonna go into the world and we're gonna do something fun just for us because it feels good. No other reason needed. I love that. And if we all did a, that like once a day, our lives would transform. I think so. Because the more you do that, the more you let yourself, your heart know that it's okay, that you're taking care of it. Yeah, and you're teaching your heart to lead, too, in exactly. a way, which we've, we've done so much of the opposite for so long, just all these layers in front of it. Right. It's like hard to even peek out sometimes. Well, this has been amazing. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for going off to literally the ethers right. of the universe with me <laughs> and coming along for Thank the ride. Thank you for getting me there. Yeah. No, my God, I love it. I mean, I was so happy to have you on. You guys should absolutely come in. He does past life regressions here. He does privates. He does, I mean, we. it's like every two months he's at one of our locations. They're amazing. They're group and it's incredible. Don't forget at the end, he's going to do his own personal practice and it's a guided meditation for centering and intention setting. So, and he does those actually before he usually leads his regressions. So thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. It was amazing to be here. Thank you for having me. Welcome to this centering meditation. Make sure you're comfortable and then close your eyes. Notice how comfortable it feels to be sitting here or laying here. 
and notice that as we close our eyes, our awareness, our focus automatically moves back into our bodies. And to become more present with the here and now, we can focus on our physical reality, our physical experience. Noticing any sensations in our body. So maybe you feel the sensation of your clothing on your skin, the temperature of the air, or maybe gravity pulling on your body's weight. And to focus this in even more, to become more present with the here and now, focusing on your breathing, feeling, following the flow of air, moving in and out of our bodies, noticing all the little sensations that this gives you. So feeling, noticing where the air hits your nostrils, slides down your windpipe, your trachea, diaphragm, stomach or lungs, expanding and contracting. And then notice what's present for you emotionally. Tune into your emotional experience, noticing pockets of emotional charges anywhere inside of the body. And there's no need to try and label what's going on emotionally or to figure out what it is or why you're feeling it. It's just to acknowledge what is. So we're bringing our emotional body into the here and now as well. And then feel your body's weight. Feel the weight of your body and feel the pull of gravity pulling on your body's weight. Pulling it down and down towards the earth. Give yourself permission to fully surrender your body's weight into the pull of gravity. and feel your body sink down and settle down. Get more and more relaxed with every exhale. Every exhale taking you further and deeper into more relaxation. And all this really needs is just your willingness for this to be so. Noticing your body getting more and more relaxed with every exhale. Nothing else you need to do right now, but to feel that wonderful sense of support that's always there. The earth beneath you, supporting you, holding you up. Let yourself be supported be carried, surrendering into the support that's there for you, releasing any inner gripping 
any tension, any stress, giving it all to the support that's there for you. Nothing else you need to do right now. Center yourself within yourself by focusing your awareness inside of your heart space in your chest. Then clarify and state your intentions. Say out loud or quietly within yourself. If you're unfamiliar with the process of stating your intentions, one format you could use is to say, it is my intention too, and then you fill in what that is. And it's helpful to go for the end experience, meaning you state whatever experience you want to have, you want to be in. Our word and our thought have creative power, so when we state our intentions, we're aligning universal energies to co-create our desired reality. And if you believe in a higher power, you can ask it for assistance. Mother, Father, God, Universe, Source, Creator, Jesus, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, whatever words you have for that, ask it for assistance. Ten Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edan, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.